Blog Talk Radio. And now we come to the great man himself, a man history records as being instrumental in the creation of America's public education system. Horace Mann was an American educator who served as a member of the U.S. House of Representatives, part of the American Congress. Horace Mann was the key reformer of the education system at the time. In 1837, he became the head of the newly created Board of Education in Massachusetts, where he began the work that would eventually earn him the title as the father of American public education. After reading through the educational models of different countries, Mann finally hears about a particularly successful style that had been developed in Prussia, which is now modern-day Germany. The Prussian system had shown to be such a success for the government's purposes that, accompanied by a few other educators, Horace Mann travels to Germany to investigate. Upon their return to the United States, they lobbied heavily to have the Prussian model adopted. All in favor say aye! Interest in Prussia had also been growing in the northern half of the continent. Around this time, the Canadian superintendent of schools, Egerton Ryerson, traveled to Prussia in search of a new model of education. His journeys also included visiting Horace Mann in Massachusetts to further examine the system he would eventually adopt. George Brown, the editor of Toronto's Globe newspaper, was even quoted saying that Ryerson had successfully imported Prussian education into Ontario. During the next 30 years or so, a whole line of American dignitaries came to Germany to earn degrees. Interestingly enough, those who earned degrees in Germany came back to the United States to staff all the major universities. By 1900, all the PhDs in the United States were trained in Prussia. As the first secretary of the State Board of Education, Horace Mann promoted his new concept that the state is the father of children. He stressed that it was the responsibility of the state to ensure that education was provided for the child. A very noble idea, of course, but what exactly did he mean by that? And how did he define education? It seems like a very broad subject. It is a very broad subject. Education encompasses all of human history and all the knowledge we have gathered during that time. Not to mention, and perhaps most importantly, what we as human beings learn over our lifetime on a personal level. Horseman's 10th annual report in 1846 led to the first state law that made it mandatory for children to go to school. It was during that year that he supported the governor of Massachusetts in adopting the Prussian model of education for the entire state. How do you do that? The governor of the time, Edward Everett, as it turns out, was the very first to receive a PhD from, can you guess where? That's right, Prussia. From then on, it spread very quickly. Just after Everett installed the Prussian model in the state of Massachusetts, the governor of New York set up the very same method in 12 New York schools. Horace Mann's sister, Elizabeth Peabody, of the Peabody Foundation, saw to it that right after the Civil War, the Prussian system that was then being taught in the northern states was integrated into the conquered south. By 1900, most of the compulsory schooling laws that implemented the new system had been passed. From then on, every American child grew up under the Prussian system. So what exactly was the Prussian education system that everyone thought was so amazing that it just had to be adopted throughout the free world? To give you just a bit of background, in the 18th century, the Kingdom of Prussia, which is now modern-day Germany, was among the first countries of the world to introduce free and compulsory education. 
After the Prussians were defeated by Napoleon in 1806, it was decided that the reason why the battle was lost was that the Prussian soldiers were thinking for themselves in the battlefield instead of following orders. To make sure that this couldn't happen again, a new eight-year system of schooling was created. This new system provided not only the skills needed for the early industrialized world, such as reading, writing, and arithmetic, but also a strict education that taught duty, discipline, respect for authority, and the ability to follow orders. Elite children destined for higher offices went on to attend private schools, while the rest of the population had no access to the secondary education. They were destined for the working class. Through this new system, the Prussian court tried to create social obedience in the citizens through indoctrination. Every individual had to become convinced at the core of their being that the king was just, his decisions were always right, and the need for obedience paramount. In truth, the entire purpose of the system was to instill loyalty to the crown and to train young men for the military and bureaucracy. To do this, it was necessary to squeeze out all independent thinking from the masses. Influencing this new system from the beginning was Prussian philosopher Johann Gottlieb Fitch. Combining John Locke's view that the children are a blank slate and Rousseau's ideas on how to write on that slate, Prussia established an educational system that was considered scientific in nature. An important part of the Prussian system was that it defined for the child what was to be learned, what was to be thought about, and how long to think about it. In order to have an efficient policy-making class and a subclass beneath it, it was believed that one had to remove the power of most people to make sense out of the available information. In other words, critical thinking had to be done away with. Now, if you're wondering why the average person doesn't know that the North American education system is based directly on the Prussian model, it might just be because its original purpose was not designed for the good of the individual, but for the good of the government. The philosophy of Johann Fitch directly influenced the creation of the Prussian model of schooling. As he is quoted saying, the schools must fashion the person, and fashion him in such a way that he simply cannot will otherwise than what you wish him to will. With quotes like these, you can see why his involvement is not well known. Education should aim at destroying free will, so that after pupils are thus schooled, they will be incapable throughout the rest of their lives of thinking or acting otherwise than as their schoolmasters would have wished. When this technique has been perfected, every government that has been in charge of education for more than one generation will be able to control its subjects securely without the need of armies or policemen. In 1807, in a Berlin occupied by Napoleon, Johann Fitch gave a series of famous addresses to the German nation. Fitch spoke of the superiority of German people above all others. The content of these speeches was a catalyst for the Prussian education system and German nationalism. In other earlier works, he calls Jews a state within a state that would, quote, undermine the German nation. He openly expressed a desire to expel Jews from Germany. Fitch had a deep influence on the rise of the Third Reich and continues to be deemed, quote, the spiritual father of modern neo-Nazism. Which begs the question, why would the father of American education make it a law that every child spend their youth in a system created by the father of neo-Nazism? Historians reflect that one of the greatest social factors that allowed a man like Hitler to rise to power was that the German people had been bred from birth to respect authority above all else and accept it without question. Which begs another question, if the entire population of North America is raised in a system adopted from pre-Nazi Germany, what are we setting ourselves up for?
I'm continuing now our series titled Wisdom for Happy, Successful Living. This is an esoteric study of selected parables of Jesus. This particular session concerns the parable of the mustard seed. And since this is a parable and a series in the study of parables, it is well that we review our definition. According to Reverend Ike, that eminent authority, a parable is a two-story story, one story being obvious, or exoteric, E-X-O-T-E-R-I-C, the other story being esoteric, E-S-O-T-E-R-I-C, or within the story. And it's interesting, as we study the parables, to be alert to the fact that there is a story inside of the story. There is another story running parallel. And in studying parables, we are not to miss the story within the story, the parallel story, the comparison story. But I like my own definition of parable, a two-story story. I'd never heard it said that way before. And I think we see that this is happening in our study of the parables. Let us go right away into some more introductory comments about the interpretation of the Bible as a whole. Now, the Bible is really a two-story story. Some people get so hung up on the external Moses and Adam and Abraham and the external Jesus and never stop to think that every character in the Bible, every event in the Bible, everything in the Bible is a two-story story. Jesus is not just a historical figure. If that's the only story of Jesus that you know, the historical Jesus, then you don't know Jesus. As a matter of fact, I'll go so far as to say this. If the only Jesus you know is the Jesus of the theologians, you definitely don't know Jesus. There is the inner Jesus. Jesus, the Son of God, meaning the consciousness of consciousness. Because the Son of God is the consciousness of consciousness. The awareness of awareness. God is awareness. I am God, the Bible says. I am, meaning formless awareness. And the awareness of that awareness is the Son of God. And Jesus, the person, the historical figure, is the realization and the demonstration of who and what every man is in God and what God is in every man. Jesus is the reflection of who you really are. And if you don't find yourself in Jesus and Jesus in yourself, then you've never found Jesus. Let us go now directly into the parable of the mustard seed, which is found in the gospel according to St. Matthew, the 13th chapter, the 31st through the 32nd verses. This parable is from the lips of the master Jesus. Another parable put he forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like 
unto a grain of mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in his field, which is the least of all seeds. But when it is grown, it is the greatest among herbs, and becometh a tree, so that the birds of the air come and lodge in the branches thereof. The parable of the mustard seed here belongs to that group of parables of Jesus referred to as the kingdom of heaven parables because it mentions the kingdom of heaven. In the kingdom of heaven parables, we constantly hear Jesus saying, the kingdom of heaven is like, the kingdom of heaven is like unto. And so let's first of all find the key the meaning to the term kingdom of heaven as used in this parable and as used in the parable of the kingdom of heaven. Kingdom of heaven in this parable means the mind and its processes, the working of the mind of God in man, the working of the mind of God in man. I'm giving you this key so that you will know what to look for when you read and study the kingdom of heaven parables. You know, it's good to know what you're looking for, isn't it? When you know what you're looking for, you'll recognize it when you find it. If you don't know what you're looking for, then you may not recognize whatever you find. So, in all of the kingdom of heaven parables, Look for the lesson, the inner lesson, the story within the story, which shows, which illustrates the mind and its processes, the working of the mind of God in man. So when Jesus says, the kingdom of heaven is like, or the kingdom of heaven is like unto, it really means the mind and its processes are like this, the working of the mind of God in man. Remember, all I'm offering is the truth, nothing. Uh-huh. Get your paperwork in order. The truth is.
everybody thanks for tuning in to another episode of the truth tuesday show with your host hakeem l here on hindsight radio the information station changing the nation um we definitely are making a difference here people are calling with their uh successes you know setting up their trust um you know dealing with their issues whether it be spiritual or legal things like that you know the coaching from the hindsight crew is definitely helping. Um, I hope everybody's doing well. I'm doing great, you know, always. You know, even when things look like they're not going good, it's always going great for me. Because the universe is always working in our favor. It's always working for you. So if you if you want to see the you know, positive results. You have to think positive. You have to remain focused on positivity. Stay out of the fray of all of the narratives that they got pumped. They're pumping to you on the news. You know, the, you know, they want to show you all of the racial injustices and things like that. And, you know, not to minimize any of that oh, stuff that goes on. We know that stuff goes on. We know it's negative. You know if you watch it, it will trigger you and make you angry. And if you get angry, you're going to be in a negative state of mind. And that is going to hinder you from getting your prosperity. See, and that's the goal. Keep painting negative pictures of these cops doing, you know, wrong things towards people. They've been doing this stuff for years. You know, there's a there's a select cops out there that are, you know, gung ho on um, exerting their authority on people and being highly aggressive. But you know, when you watch that stuff, it, it really I know when I watch it, I you know I get irritated because the stuff is uncalled for. It's not even necessary. They're escalating the situation to a something it doesn't have to be, you know, someone who's just trying to be, you know, going on, going on, go on about their business. But, but, you know, the media will take stuff like that and they will pump it, pump it, pump it to you. And I know, so all oh, we need to shine a light on it. No, we need to do something about it. You know, obviously our ju- justice system is not concerned that much with it. They, you know, every now and then they'll do something, but we as a people have to do something about it. We have to, uh, educate ourselves properly and how we handle these things. And today's show was about education, how we've been miseducated. We've been misled. You know, I'm going to show you some stuff that's been in your face 
all your life. And you just never really thought about it because no one took the time to educate you, to show you about places you visited and just saw the buildings there and you just saw oh, those, those, you know, they're, they're just old buildings. Not really digging into the history of that building and how it got there. Oh, so yeah, but back to being positive. Today is uh, the 13th and uh, of April, and I got my book out. I got my uh, prosperity book that I write down for people who want good things to happen to them. So if you want to get in this book, and when I do my meditations, I add whoever gets in this book, I add it to my meditation, you know. So, you know, so we, you know, whatever two touch and agree, there, you know, it will be. You're, you're, the God in you will work for you. Um, what I want to discuss. Yeah, I told you I got a webinar coming up in um, May. I haven't picked a date. I'm waiting for the, I already know what I want to teach, but the date is the issue. You know, I haven't been motivated or pushed to pick a date yet. Something, something is coming. Something is, is, is that I need. That if I put the date out there, it might I might have to readjust it. So, right now, uh, it's coming in May for sure. I know that much. But the date is a question. Um, like I said before, if you want good things to happen to you, you must always be thinking positive. You must make it a religion to think positive. You must make it your mission. Your one goal to be positive about what you want and always speak as if you already have it. You know, you want the car, you want the house, you want the good relationship, you know, whatever it is, the garden you're planning, whatever it is, you have to think of it as you like you already have it. Okay. Um, what else? What else? I'm trying to think. Oh, you know what? I'm just going to get into it because. You know, I'm not going to do a whole lot of preaching tonight. I just want to, I need you, I need y'all to see some stuff. So let's share the screen. And I'm going to start off with the depression education system, right? Because before I get into this, I got to set it up for you guys so y'all can see something, right? This is depression education system. And if you didn't know it, that is the system that is being used in your public school systems today. Pressure, old Germany. Yes. Yes. The Nazi, Hitler. <laughs> yes. This is the where this system originated from. Prussian, you know, um, education system. So the Prussian education system refers to the system of education established in Prussia as a result of educational reforms in the late 18th and early 19th century. I, I, I speak on this because... This, this 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 time um, connects to what I'm going to show you with you know some things that was happening like around 1890 things that were going on in 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 in, in all of this restructuring of education. So the Preston education was introduced as a basic concept in the late 18th century and was significantly enhanced after Preston's defeat in the early stages of Neapolitanic wars so 
So let, let's click on Prussia. What is Prussia? What, what is that? Prussia was historically a prominent Germany, German state that originated in 1525 with G centered on the region of Prussia. So there you go. That's You can go here. I'm, I'm reading straight from Wikipedia here. So let's go back. All right. Depression education, educational reforms inspired other countries and remains important as a biopower in the folk-caution sense of nation-building. So they use this system to build nations. So basically, they build this system is designed to teach children at a very early age to support and uh, follow what the government tells them. You know, that's really what's going on. The term itself is not used in German literature, which refers to primary aspects of Humboldtian education ideal, respectively as depression reforms. However, the basic concept remains fruitful and has led to various debates and controversies. 21st century primary and secondary education in Germany and beyond still embodies the legacy of the Prussian education system. So, origin. The basic foundations of generic Prussian primary education system was laid out by Frederick the Great with with his general land, man, that's a <laughs> general and sure, I can't, I can't pronounce that. A decree of 1763, which was written by Johann Julius Hecker. Hecker was already before, in 1748, founded the first teacher's seminary in Prussia. His concept of providing teachers with the means to cultivate mulberries for homespun silk, which was one of Frederick's favorite projects, found the favors, king's favor. It expanded the existing schooling system significantly and required that all young citizens, both girls and boys, be educated by mainly municipality-funded schools from the age of 5 to 13 or 14. Prussia was among the first countries in the world to introduce tax-funded and generally compulsory primary education. In comparison, in France and Great Britain, compulsory schooling was not successfully enacted until 1880s. Now, what they're talking about, it was a cultivate mulberries for homespun silk. So basically, it was a factory. You know, they was teaching. It was a factory educational system. Where you take children all of the same age, put them in one grade, and teach them all the same thing at the same time. Now, they do realize that some children will disobey and follow the rules, and they, they get treated well, right, in the school system. Then you have the, the mediocre ones. That'll, you know, they do okay. And then you have the really ones that just ain't cutting it. They're not listening. They're not following rules. So they have places for those. They have the ones that are the obeyers, the ones that follow the rules, will get the, the, the good jobs in society, right? You know, if they go on to college or whatever. And the, the, the ones that are just okay, they get to be the, the underlings of the people with the good job that's managing those companies. But none of, but the educational system, especially as we know it today, is not designed for you to be an entrepreneur, for you to run your own business, for you to be prosperous. So this prosperity teaching that I'm giving y'all does not work with the public education system. It, 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 they go against each other because what is in order to be an entrepreneur, in order to be a business owner, you have to think outside of the box. You got to go against conventional wisdom. 
The reason why a lot of us are in the situation that we are because we are stuck on conventional wisdom or the, the wisdom of the many instead of the wisdom of the few. You see? So I'm not going to go through this whole thing, but let me go down. Let me click on United States because that's where it applies to us. Early 19th century American educators was also fascinated by German education trends in 1818. John Griscom gave a favorable report of Prussian education. English translations were made of French philosopher Victor Cousins' work, Report on the State of Public Education in Prussia. Calvin E. Stowe, Henry Bernard, Horace Mann, we all know who that guy is, George Bancroft, and Joseph Cogswell all had vigorous interest in German education. The Prussian approach was used, for example, in the Michigan Constitution of 1835, which fully embraced the Prussian system by introducing a range of primary schools, secondary schools, and University of Michigan itself, all administered by the state and supported with tax-based funding. However, the concepts in Prussian reforms of primordial education, Bildung, and its close interaction of education, society, and nation-building are in conflict with some aspects of American state sceptical libertarian thinking. In 1843, man traveled to Germany to investigate how the educational process worked. Upon his return to the United States, he incorporated his experiences in his advocacy for the common school movement in Massachusetts. Man persuaded the fellow modernizers, especially those in the Whig Party. We know who the Whig Party is, right? The Whig Party was the party that um, let, let's, let's, let's just highlight it. The Whig Party. The Whig Party was a political party active in the middle of 19th century in the United States alongside the slightly larger Democratic Party. It was one of the two major parties in the United States behind between the late 1830s and early 1850s as part of the second party system. All right. So, but that party in the Democratic Party, along with the Ku Klux Klan, is what changed this country forever to what we are dealing with today. Made you U.S. citizens, or took your ancestors off their proper uh, status into U.S. citizens, and all other names like African American, white, and all of you know the list goes on. That it was that party, and uh, you know I did. Uh, we talked about uh, Pitchfork Ben Tillman, founder of Clemson University how racist he was, and he, he talked about killing people if they were going to vote Republican or they were going to vote. The, they, 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 they didn't vote either Democrat or didn't show up at all. They were going to be shot dead, and they did kill people who were Republicans. I'm telling you, your ancestors were Republicans. They were never Democrats. So this whole Democrat, you know, and, and, and the, the history is right in your face because they called the Democrats back during the Civil Rights Movement when they switched parties, before they switched parties to the Republican Party, Dixiecrats. Strom Thurmond was a Democrat. Big racist. Big time racist. 
But somehow we we align with these political parties, Democrats, Republicans, like as if they're gonna they they're gonna do something for our people. They 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 don't do anything. Never have, never will. So, so I mean, why do y'all keep beating a dead horse? You know, we we need. You know, if I know me, you know, if I'm in a situation where I see people don't care about me. They're not taking care of my needs. What do I do? I pick up and I take care of my own business. My success comes solely off of me believing in myself, that I don't need some system to make me successful. I don't need some guy in the office to make me successful. That's where my success comes from. It doesn't come from these uh, voting booths like they want you to believe. I mean, we keep getting the same results. I mean, there was shooting young brothers back in the day, and they're still doing it now. We got organizations that's been around forever talking about this, and nothing has really changed. But, you know, yes, things have changed. Now they're going after the sisters. Now. After they done, you know, they they, they got us, the brothers. Now we want the sisters. We going we you see them on camera, young girls being dragged and thrown to the ground. I remember my son when he was in high school, one of his fellow classmates that was in South Carolina, the school uh Spring Valley High School, threw threw the young girl to the ground. And she was having a hard time. She just lost her mother. She of course she's got an attitude. She's depressed. But see, they don't give our children the opportunity to express themselves they get shut down so why do you keep expecting a system especially a system that's based off a Prussian system that's really teaching you how to be a slave on all levels you know you're gonna have to gonna have your high price slaves and you're gonna have your low price slaves but it's all slavery people don't like that word but if I have to get up and if I don't go to that job, that's servitude, okay, a.k.a. slavery. I mean, I know some of you guys don't like that term being used on you. Slavery hasn't been abolished. It's just transformed into another, to a voluntary system now. <laughs> you, you sign up to be a slave now, okay? Let's, get, let's be real with ourselves, all right? Let's keep, let's, 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 let's be, let's, Let's look at what is real. You sign up to be a slave now. You sign the dotted line. Yeah, I'll take this money for this. I'll work for you for this amount of money. And the whole educational system is teaching you to work for people. What is it? Get a good education so you can get a good job and get your 401k and retire. Right. And put your money in the system and keep it there for 20, 30 years. And then live off of that, whatever little extra you made off of that. Yeah, you could put, you could possibly be a millionaire, possibly. Most people don't be a millionaire off your four hundred one k in twenty thirty years. And the people are really. You know, let me hold on. I gotta, I gotta, I got y'all gotta see me. People are really gung ho for this type of system, this crappy setup. Yeah, put your money in the 401k, 20, 30 years, you might have a couple millions or so, and you can retire and live off of that. Now, let's think of that bullshit, right? Let's think of this. I take in 
every month put my money into this system, right? Over time. And if I try to take it out, they penalize me for getting my own fucking money out, right? But what are they doing with the money while it's sitting in there? What are they doing with you? They get to use your money and build extreme wealth off of it while you're sitting to wait for your little crumbs 20, 30, 40, you know, some years from now. Huh? The real wealthy are not doing that. They're not living on full. The guy who owned that company is not thinking about a 401k. What, how is that logical to anyone? When I could take the little bit of money that I plan to put on the 401k and look for ways to increase that money now where I'm not penalized. Buying assets now like property, the big thing now is cryptocurrency. This year, this this is going to be one of the one of the biggest years where wealth will be transformational wealth will be built here. Where people will go from nothing to something this year. Why do those people go from something to nothing? Is because they believe that they can do it now, not later, not twenty, thirty years ago. While you're putting your your little hard-earned money that you slave for away, I'm not saying not to put money away. No, what I'm saying, you, you can't let that be your your your, your, your only ace. You can't allow that. You can't. That just doesn't make sense. And people, this is what they're banking on. So, but you 401k, that stock market, stock market crash, your portfolio lose value. And and, and, and and the studies have shown that people at the end of retirement basically get out what they put in or they lose a little because of the ups and downs in markets. You don't think they manipulate that stuff? I mean, the big banks can see what trades are going in and what's, you know, they can see that. They see the back end. You don't. See, we've been sold (laughs) a bill of garbage to live by. This is why we don't get ahead because we believe that the people, these small group of people have our best interests in mind. They don't. They don't care about you. They're living. They're making deals. Their bank account is large and telling you, here's your $1,400. And everybody, and you jumping up and down for that little bit of change, chump change. I don't give a damn about $1,400. That's not a lot of money. That's, that's pennies to me. And it should be pennies to you. You should be looking for millions of dollars. Millions. If you want to call in and, 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 and uh, ask questions, whatever, and get in my prosperity book so that you can be wealthy now, call in 563-999-3615, and I'll, you'll be on the air live. Call in. Yeah, you got to take back control. Um, so let's go back. Let me go back. I had to. I had to uh... All right, so. We get the idea. I'm not going to read all of this. United States, how they did it. But you see the dates here. So let me go to what I really want to want to show you guys. See, 1891, 1880. So, so I'm, I'm, I'm looking at this guy's channel, right? And here's his channel here. You guys should check him out. Very good. I love this guy's channel. He, 
<laughs> the way he breaks this down. This is the reset passport, false history revealed. This is a, a he's talking about the World Fair, the, the Chicago World Fair, right? He's talking about, and you see all these people here at the field congregated together like they're looking to get in somewhere, like they, you know, like like they just arrived here. Watch the video. You'll get the point. They just arrived here. And, and then you had all these megalithic structures that were at the World Fair around it. See, let me, let me, let me give you an image of the world, Chicago World Fair. Here it is. This is the Chicago World Fair. These are images of it. This is all of these here. Acres, like I think a few hundred acres of land. They claim they took a year to build all of this stuff here. It took a year to build this stuff, these megalithic statues, these buildings. And I want you to pay attention to the buildings, like how they're struck, how they're designed. Um, you know, I don't believe nothing they say. This is, you can't tell me you built this stuff in a year. I'm trying to get a bigger image of this thing. This is the World Columbian Exposition here. And it was... The World's Columbian Exposition, the official short name, World's Fair Columbian Exposition, also known as the Chicago World's Fair, was a World's Fair held in Chicago in 1893 to celebrate the 400th anniversary of Christopher Columbus' arrival in the New World in 1492. So they said they did these World Fairs to celebrate Christopher Columbus' arrival, his, you know, the, the, uh, the terrorist, Christopher Columbus. That's what I call him, right? And... They claim they built all of this stuff here. Let's make it bigger. They built all of this stuff here in one year for this fair. They got water, aqueducts, everything. They got they had an electric train, like electric walkway. 1893. Now I showed you when the Prussian system started around the, you know, it started early and in the 1890s, these different places started to adopt this system of education. You know, let's go back to this, this video again. Let's go back here. See all of these people here. They're not from here. They, 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 they're not from the Americas. They're not from Chicago. They were just getting there because there's another scene here. Um, where they're on a train, like all congregated, looks like something you would see that I've seen. Um, see if we can get back. See all of them on this this little trolley here, like they're arriving here. See this? Like they are transplanted, like some type of immigration migration into this country. I'm not telling you what to think, but it's fishy, right? All right, let's go back. To the Chicago World Fair. What was that big image I had? Um, here it is. They built these mega. Look at these buildings. Look at the, the the architecture. I mean, it's it's stunning. Look at this. Boats. Look at this. This doesn't look like it's something from here. You've never seen. It. And then after all of this, they tore it all down. And and guess what? They there's still remnants of it, like the Ferris will remnants for the one in New York in Flushing Meadows Park. And my, I remember when I was a kid, oh, that was from the World Fair they had here. And, you know, you heard stories. And I, I can guarantee you that was the re-education of us. 
They were re-educated, getting us to believe in these false narratives, right? You telling me you built this? Look at this here. You telling me it would take a year to build this by itself? And you telling me you built all of this? Come on. Come on. That's insulting my intelligence. Let's, let's look at some more. And then look at some of the buildings individually. Look at this building here. This is supposed to be the Palace of Mechanic Arts, 1893, World Columbia. Come on, y'all. Don't that look familiar? That looks like an Egyptian, uh, something you see in Egypt or some uh, Moorish architecture. See the Moorish architecture here? All of this is Morris architecture, and I'm going to prove it to you in a second. I just want you to see they claim they built all of this stuff here in one year for this fear. And look at how small the people are compared to the size of these buildings. I mean, y- y- y'all getting my point here? <laughs> are y'all getting it? You know, hang on, my uh camera there we go there we go acting funky they 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 trying to play games with y'all they don't want y'all to uh know anything all right look at this this is one year they built this this is amazing and you telling me all this amazing architect and here's the thing they're not building buildings like that today why don't they build stuff with this detail of architecture hang on this detail of architecture that they got here right i mean it's got you know let's see let's let's get close up on this damn thing look at the detail in there look at this look at that they got Chariots, lions, I mean, little bridge. I mean, this is just, I mean, I would love to see this today. And you're telling me that they were so advanced, they built this in a year, and you. And here's the crazy thing. They're not building nothing like this now. Why? You know how much money this is to take to build this? Look, how, look at this doorway. Who's walking through a doorway that big? Huh? Remember they talked about the Nephilim and the giants? Maybe they walked the earth not too long ago. Maybe this whole I'm just throwing some ideas out there, you know. <laughs> but all right, let's let let's go on to some let, let's go. Let's see. Let's try to find one more. There's one more building I want you guys to get a close up look at. Um let's see. I mean, it's it's just amazing how they got this. That's the Ferris. Look at this Ferris wheel. Look how big this damn thing is. And this is the 1890s. Come on, man. They're trying to play us, man. They're playing us like we're idiots. Look at this. Look at this here. Look at this. Oh, this is just a photo. I can't. I hate it when they do that. I want to make this big. This is a one of the buildings. I forgot they don't give you the name of this building. 
here. Look at the detail. You telling me you did that in a year? Come on. You play it. And they called this the white city, you know, for that time. That's what they say. There's another building I want you guys. Oh, this one here. Get a close up at. This was the. This book. This building. They're, they're not giving me that one. See this building? Come on. The dome on top almost looks something like the 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 uh, White House or something. Look at this. See the the the, 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 the Masonic symbols all over the place. You know, <laughs> what's the, somebody said, uh, let's see what the comments are saying. Uh, they sell us that 30 year dream. So they have a slave for 30 years. That's right. You're right about that. So go on. So, so I went around and I checked other places. This is the world fam Paris, same type of stuff, man. Look at these structures. They claim they tore down. Only thing left from the one in Paris is the Eiffel Tower. They built that there. Eiffel Tower. You telling me? And these are all look at these look at the design of these buildings. See, why aren't they educating us on you know oh on this stuff? Why? Why not why 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 is this news? To, to a lot of us, this is this is why they're not telling us this. Why did they tear all of this stuff down? Why? Tell you why. Which I believe because it, it goes back to your ancient history. It tells the truth about your past that they don't want you to know, right? So, it, so I did a little search, right? Moroccan. I did Moorish architecture. Here's Moorish architecture. See, yeah, look at that brother right there. See. With a cross, look, look at that. They get, what is that? They got a cross on them and the red thing, and that looks. I didn't, I didn't really check that out. I have to look at that. <laughs> See, the buildings are almost similar in design. This is all Moorish architecture. Here, different places. All right. So I also did Moroccan architecture. Did that too. Same stuff, design, big doorways, you know. Some deviations in some of these designs here. All right. Now, I said Egyptian. You see, you're starting to see there's a connection, right? Look at this megalithic doorway here. See, the connection. They're all connected. All of this stuff is linked. All of these designs are linked. There's something they're not telling us about our past, right? So, so I went, you know, I went, I was, the Bronx Zoo, if you're from New York, is, you know, is, is a great place to visit. You know, it's like, a, it's, it's a, it, I think it's the world's largest zoo. Maybe it was at one time. Not sure. Uh, can't remember. Haven't really studied, looked that up to make sure that's correct. Don't quote me on that. So I wanted to see some buildings that in New York, I know they have Moorish designs, right? All of your courtrooms, you go in there, you see the designs, especially the Bronx Supreme Court building. You see Moorish designs all over it. 
You just didn't know it was Morris Designs. But so let's click that. So tell me, this is the this is the Bronx Zoo here. This is <laughs> into the Bronx Zoo. These are buildings in the Bronx Zoo. This is the monkey house. Come on. Don't that look a lot like those buildings that they at the World's Fair? Let me get I just want to get a good a good 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 shot of it. So you can see. This is the Bonk Zoo, part of the structures. So many images. This is one of the images on the building with that serpent around the staff that you see in um doctors keep that and plus it was on the old dime as well. Bronx Zoo. Here, look at that. Look at that image. That's the Bronx Zoo. I hate Come on, man. Don't give me no Pinterest. Let's go back to that and just enlarge it. What kind, What is that structure? This looks like repurposing. Or maybe it was always like that. Look at that. Isn't that? That's, that's Morris architecture. There. Right at the Bronx Zoo. If you're ever in New York, go visit. Great place. Let's see. There's another building in there. I think it's the Lion's House. Let's drink this down. This is the monkey. But they all have this, this, this some pyramid on top of them. Oh, there's another building. Come on, show me this building. Okay, I think it's this one. I mean, what kind of... This is the monkey house. Look how it's built. Now, in New York, they have a lot of buildings designed all over the place. So you got the World Fair with those buildings, those, you know, and you got the Bronx Zoo. You know, it seems to me like they built that zoo there or they to cover up some history you know distraction is to go look at the animals you know so i think there's one more thing i wanted to show that was paris chicago uh okay here's some other designs this is pavilion of india now look at that look at all those dark people there you know That's all these buildings have the same structure, you know, basic, the dome here on the top, all of them. And this is a little page I found. Um, you can read up on the history of the Bronx Zoo. Yeah, here's the other building. There's some uh, Bronx Zoo. This is a better shot of some of these buildings that they have. The Eagles sculpture at the Bronx Zoo. Look at all of these buildings. Look at this this statue. Look at I mean that's an odd looking statue. Come on. There you go. All right, y'all get the point. Go go look this stuff up. You'll see. These are your history is 
all around you. You just got to open your eyes and look. And get out, get your heads out of them, them fake textbooks and look around you. You'll see your history. All right? Uh, we got a, uh, someone on the line who wants to ask a question or give a comment or get in the book, whatever. But let's let's just check out who's in the chat. Okay, we got JGP, DJB Thunder, Karen Israel, Peace, Peace, uh, uh, Antonio L, Terrence Woods, Peace, and Maxim Moore, always in there. Uh, Jamie Lee, another oh oh avid uh, listener. DJB Thunder again, yep. Another avid listener, Yalik L. Uh, who else? Pittsford, Pittsford Robin. Yes, what's up? Peace. All right, there you have it. I want that's what I wanted to show y'all today. Show y'all. Go check out y'all history. Go check it out. Okay. All right. Let's get the callers. Let's see. Hey, let's see. I see a familiar number here. Um, let's go. Hello. Hi. Hello. Hello. Greetings. Yes. Hi, Akeem. Hi. Beth, what's up? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, I was, um, it's interesting that you're talking about the Prussian system. You know, that's right up my alley. Um, Yeah. Yeah, there's so many people. I feel that complain about the public school system and how it how it is, but like you said, they don't want to really do anything about it. You know, I, like no. I hear a lot of people blaming their children, they blame the teachers, but they're not really seeing the system for what it is. What you said was it's a factory model education system, and I think this is why many of our kids. Yeah, I mean, many of our kids are not going to become successful because how they're learning and, you know, they're learning how to follow directions. Yeah. They're learning how they're learning that their voice and perspective doesn't even matter. Right. But, you know, they're just learning how to be factory workers. Right. (laughs) Absolutely correct. Um, That's why we don't see the truth in plain sight because we're so fixed on what they wrote in a textbook that we got mm-hmm. the history staring us right in the face telling us who was right. here and things like that but we rather believe with some guy who would write a book to give you a perspective on on what right. they want you to know is true right yeah. right uh-huh. yeah and I, I don't know if you knew this but um Finland is rated the best education system in the world. And do you know why? I would guess that the children, they allow the children to think for themselves. Yes. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And they also, there's no standardized testing. Right. No standardized testing. So they, they assess them on an individual basis and they focus more on cooperation and not competition because in our school system and our our culture like in general we focus more on competing with each other right they make it a contest who's got the age when if you got the age you get into honest honor classes and all of that stuff 
Right. And, give it and, and, and that's, that's why you, if that's, you a, really, that's a scam too. Because a kid get an honor yeah. they get some more work, harder work, you know, they work them to death, you know? Oh my God! And it's so stuff stupid. that they're never going to use when they leave school. That's a shame. It really is so silly. And it's you know when you think about that whole competition, I mm. think that's why a lot of our relationships fail. You know, right. here are people don't even last in marriages, but in places like Sweden, um, family is very important. Right. Right. Yeah, you know, well, learning how to cooperate with one another, that's important. They're more so. concerned with uh, people identifying with sex they want to be when they, you know, before they even come out of the womb, you know. Mm. <laughs> that's, that's what they're focusing on. Yeah. Right. Well, thanks but for yeah, the input. yeah, that's all I wanted to say. I just wanted to share. Okay. All right. Thanks. What do you think yeah, about that? Watching it on. Oh, by the way, I'm on YouTube. Everybody, if you didn't know, if you're on Block Talk, we're on YouTube. I email. Um, what do you think about uh, those pictures I was showing of the Bronx Zoo? You've been to the Bronx Zoo before, right? Yeah, I've been to the. And you know, it's funny because I never really, I never really paid that close. Attention Not to, to the so looking for animals. <laughs> you didn't care about the buildings. Right. <laughs> now I'm looking, I said, right. I don't remember these buildings. I remember buildings, but I didn't remember the structure. The, the architecture is like amazing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like for a yeah, zoo. Yeah, the pictures were beautiful. Right. Right. You know? All right. Yeah. All right. The pictures were beautiful. All okay, right. Akeem. All, All right. right. Bye bye. All right. Take care. Uh, we we had somebody with a hand up, but they're not there anymore. I mean, I lost them. Well, anybody else want to call in? Um, oh, five six three nine nine nine. Oh, there it is. He's back. Um, because once I get the last caller, that's it. If you want to get in my book, I don't have any aspirations going on. Come on, now I know y'all want some stuff. Four one zero nine one three. Peace of the gods. What's up, Akeem? Peace of the gods. What's going on? Man, I got... Uh, well, I'm already in the book. I'm in the book from, I think, last, okay. last week or the week All right, before. Cool, cool, cool. I, I got a crazy question that's going to take you back about money. Uh-huh. About money. I can't find it. Yeah, I can't find it. You know, uh, dealing with a case where we ain't talking about bad things, all good things. Talking about this case that I'm about to win in, the, uh, in a little bit in the future that I am mm-hmm. going to win in the future. So I have a question with the legal tender. I can't find the verbiage that they used on the Treasury saying it was basically nothing. I mean, uh, that's the easy. Federal Just Federal Reserve notes. Tender and pull up the law. I was looking for them. I found one, but I, I, I can't. It's only worth what it can buy. So that's it. Say that uh, one more time. I don't know it offhand. I don't know it offhand. That's one of those things I have in the archive somewhere. Yeah, and that's where it's at. It's built in mind, and I, I can't pull it forward for nothing right now. But you just brought me brought it back to me when you was talking about the slaves term. I said, oh, man, I, I forgot all about that in my in my response. Mm-hmm. But, um, right. That's all I really had, man. I, I was hoping it was right. close to you when you brought that up. But once I know again, thanks for, about, for what you show I did yeah. like four years ago. Um, yeah, I know. That's I how long it's been. Uh, I know the, if you go to 
the um not the treasury site is it the treasury site is one of the yeah i think it's the department of treasury website they talk about legal tender and give you that law right they talk about it and they did that's really where i was reading from was their website telling you that money is exactly what it was <laughs> it ain't real <laughs> it's not right. back it's not worth anything it's just paper and the only reason why it's worth anything because someone said 5103 yeah that's what i just read but i right it's the verbiage ain't what i what i was used to seeing that's why i thought it was yeah, I was it, a little yeah go to the treasury website because that's where they talk about legal tender yeah and tell you what is mm-hmm. what is, did you do what is legal tender worth? The money worth. Yes. Okay. Legal, you have to use that term. You have to find blah, 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 blah. And then look for legal tender, anything recognized by law. Uh, Treasury.gov. It pulled it right on up. I thought the United States currency was legal tender. Some businesses are going to say they will only accept checks, money orders, and others will only accept credit to pertinent. What are Federal Reserve's holiday? This is it. This is the this is the information right here. Um, okay. Uh, let me share my screen again. This is it right here. My screen. Yeah, what I was reading from. Just talk that question. Somebody, he, he put fifty one oh three legal which states United States coins including blah blah blah. But that doesn't say what it says there. It has a bunch right. of questions for the United States and how are they different from Federal Reserve notes? United States characterized by a red seal and it goes on and on. This is the page. You might have to do a little more digging because the exact verbiage that I read. The Federal Reserve yeah, notes right. are not and gold and silver or any other commodity and receive no backing by anything. This has been the case since 1930. Those have no value for themselves or for what they will buy. Right In another sense, because they are legal tender, Federal Reserve notes are backed by all goods and services in the economy. So all you can do is use it for what people will you know, sell you. So basically, I put my value on it. If they, if, so, but like, let, uh, let's see how crazy that is. You go to another country and they don't want their Federal Reserve notes, they could say no. Right. You see? So they're only worth what someone willing to accept. That's it. So right. if they change the money system, which they will, which yes, they have, we, we, you know, um, They've already done it. We've already the, the reset has happened, and that's what I was showing y'all when I was showing this all of these pictures. The reset happened. That was a reset. They went from one way of life to another, and they brainwashed everybody into thinking that they did these under the guise of a world fair. They just had their one last hurrah around the world, and then they tore down the old oh. system and started the new one. Okay. That's what happened. Yes, sir. <laughs> they tore it down. And they're doing it again. Through what? See, all of these people, I'm, I'm getting in cryptocurrency because it's private. It's this and that bull. It was the bait. It was the bait to make us go digital. 
and they ran yep. all the so-called government. Take everything uh, cash. Eight figures who was so opposed to the government went for this crypto money, and they allowed them to make money, really good money out of it. And and I'm telling you, after this year, it's not going to be the same. They're going to control it so hard that you're not. It'll be like stocks. It's going to take you years to make money. Watch to make money. This is the year because all of the big guys are jumping in. Boom, 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 boom. And it's going. If you're not in it now, next too year late. maybe. I'm telling y'all, it's not too late. Get in, and then get out. Because once they once they get in and, and do their thing, they're going. They, they may crash it like they do the stock market. They try to say that that's not. They don't. You know that's not manipulated. And then they going. We're hanging by a thread right now. All of this printing money. They done print billions of trillions of dollars over the last year. And it's backed by nothing. Nothing but air. Right. So what do you think that does? It makes the dollar worth even less than what it was, which was nothing. Negative. We call negative inflation. (laughs) But let me go. All right. All right, man. Thanks. Y'all be safe. All right. right. Yeah, yeah. Somebody else wants to get in on the 914-920. Peace. Peace, peace. What's up, Arkane? Hey, what's going on? Hey, what's going on, bro? Um, Yeah, always good contact, bro. You know, I'm always listening. Um, Thanks, thanks. Oh, one thing uh, from the meeting, I'm at my second job right now, so that's why I haven't called you yet, but I'll get with you after this, and we'll set something up. Um, Second thing is, I got a theory on this whole immigration thing, just based on what you're saying about the money. Right. I don't believe anybody who can walk here is what they call a, you know, an immigrant or whatever. If they're Americans, they can walk here. <laughs> well, that is the Americans but, over there. You know, they're Americans. They can walk here. Right? So the thing is, I think they're letting them all in because of just what you just said. They're, they're, uh, they printed, what, like, what are we up to, like $4 trillion? Like, they can actually count mm-hmm. that we act. They actually said that they're giving out. And uh-huh. what backs what backs the currency? The the people in quotation marks, right? Mm-hmm. So they got to make yep. some new people. Yeah, they get, well, you got a lot of us are smartening up. You got to get some money into the yeah. economy. See, listen, they can talk exactly. about immigration all at once or illegal immigration, but illegal immigration helps the economy, right? Because you got people in here, and most of those people are uh, using cash. They're not exactly. using. They're using cash. They're putting, they're circulating the cash. See, a lot of your bigwigs are holding on to cash. And a lot of them are not even holding, they're, ter- they're turning their cash into to um, silver and gold. So if you got cash, right, and you know it's not worth anything, but I could buy something that is worth something with it, like gold and right. silver. Right. Or an asset. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? I wouldn't hold on to the actual money, because it's going to, once that dollar becomes nothing, you can't do right. anything. But if you, you hold it in that, instead of that, you're doing good. You know? I mean, that's a wise choice. You know? So anybody's holding thousands of thousands of dollars in cash, I'm not saying, you know, you, you better have it diversified. You know, crypto, 
some precious metals and some cash. Because you know, you never know when you need a little cash to do something with. But right, right, uh, right. But a lot of the the the, the, the uh, big guys were getting rid of cash and converting that cash. Yeah, Warren Buffett said like three years ago he had a billion he was trying to get rid of. Yeah, he said Warren Buffett said he had a billion in cash that he was trying to get rid of. Right, because he doesn't want to. They see something happening already that we are not being taught what's happening. Right. Right, and he said this like right. two, he said this like two three years ago. I remember him saying that specifically that he had like yeah. a billion and all of them were doing in cash that he's trying to get. Rid buying of. cryptos, the same people that hated on cryptos are buying cryptos now. Yeah, yeah. You see? Yeah, you're right. No. <laughs> yeah, cryptos is. Yeah. I mean, this is this is the this is it. This is it. Make that money because things, you know, cryptos. I bought at nine cents last year, a dollar forty right now. Where are you going to get those? You're not going to get that type of return in the 401k in a year. Right. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. <laughs> no, no, no. Absolutely not. Okay. Absolutely. So uh, you you got uh, Bitcoin went up to 63, hit 63,000 today. Yeah. I think it's uh, 65 I, now. I bought, you know, at three cents, 14 cents right now. That don't sound like a lot of pe- lot of money. To people, fourteen cents. That's not a lot. It's a lot when you bought that's it at a lot three cents. You holding about if you bought a thousand shares, three thousand shares. Yeah, right. <laughs> you hold about ten thousand shares. It's a lot of money, right? You know, yeah. if it hit a dollar, yeah. if it hit a dollar, that's ten grand, and you only put you know a couple hundred dollars in. There, right, a couple you know? hundred dollars. In. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. So that's a that's a great return. Fourteen, you know, from three cents to fourteen cents. Any type of growth is a good thing. You know, and you're right. So the, I, the reset I, is happening. No, the, the reset is already I, I, happening. The reset is it, done. It's here. You yeah, just it's already in. But it is yeah, it's done. And we just haven't seen all of the full extent of it. Right. You right. know what I'm saying? Right. Right. Uh, I agree with you. We just said silver at 5K per ounce. Where? Where's that at? Are you serious? You, you, are you just jacking? Not what? No. Can't be. Silver is not five ounce. Nah, I'm not I, That that means I'm doing. I, hey, I, I'm I'm getting. I'll be. Yeah, I wish you would, because I'll be. <laughs> I'm a millionaire <laughs> right now. If that's true. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yo, I see y'all uh, later. Yeah, uh, not yet. It ain't there yet. But once they switch out, my, my theory is once they do the once they go into the electric grid, they're gonna they're gonna need the silver and the gold to 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 lay that. Most of the yeah, electronics. So yeah. that's when it's I going. That's when it's going down. That. <laughs> he typed that. He mistyped us. Oh, there's a lot of people hoping that it'll go to five ten ounce. That's just the hope, but it's not there yet. You know, if you went to five ten ounce, it would bankrupt a lot of your big players in the silver market. Because what they did was they bet on it going the other way, and they don't own that silver. So they, you know, bet a contract. They basically got a contract and a lot of money on the making a little bit over, yeah, and they're making a little bit over uh, price. Right. That means if if that's the case, they would have to give up all that silver that they don't even own. See, the bank's fronting that the money. To hold those positions, you see, so that's right. that would definitely put 
that would definitely transform wealth in this country if that was to happen. But I don't see it happening anytime soon. You know, right now it's what it is is a little better than when I bought it. You know, I bought it around twenty. Now it's around thirty something for you know an ounce. Yeah, I think I bought that twenty. I think I bought that twenty five or twenty six. Yeah. So you know, that's a little bit yeah. of a turn. Not worth. Yeah. Not worth. Uh, you know, running it down. Wait a minute. I'm looking at some of these. You're talking prices. about money now. They did something to your screen. Your screen is off. It's black. So you know. It's, it's black. <laughs> Hold on, let me see. Yeah, I I get it back. It should be back on. <laughs> they love doing that to me. There you go. Yeah, that's when you know you're talking something. So keep yeah. it up. <laughs> he saw the ratio. He's saying the ratio dollar to. Oh, I see what he's saying. He's looking at the dollar to Sylvia ratio. Is five. Yeah, that. Oh right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's ridiculous. That's because that's, I'm about that's to the projection. Uh, yeah, that's the projection once, saying, once they get rid of this dollar. He said SRP will hit three dollars. I I agree because this at a dollar XRP. That's a cryptocurrency. That's the one XRP. that was yeah. in trouble with yeah. the SEC, and everybody bailed on it. I didn't bail. It's a dollar eighty three right now. Mm. Yeah. So I bought it when it was. I could tell you when I bought it. Um, and it was like I remember when you was talking about it. It was like nine cents. Yes, I bought it last year, around this time. It was around nineteen cents. Yeah, something people, like that. I know it was That's low. He was talking about it. It's a dollar eighty three right now. If you know what I'm saying, it's a dollar eighty three. That's a good return. <laughs> you can't. You're not return. getting those returns in the stock market. Okay, not getting those returns. So, yeah. All right, brother. Thanks for the information. Right. I appreciate you, man. Yeah. Uh, right. Like I appreciate said, I'll hit you in the email and try to set something up with you about the uh, the uh, job thing. I'm. We, I'm oh yeah, on. yeah, yeah, yeah. We need to get together on that. Okay. Cool. All right. All right. Yeah, I got All some right. new paperwork today, so I'll, I'll I'll get that to you. But it'll be after the show. All right. All right. All right. Thanks, man. Yeah, all the cryptos are doing very well, man. I I I bought Binance Coin at three hundred. Now it's like five sixty, something like that. Um, just the other day, I bought it like two days ago, and it just went up five sixty six. They're speculating on that going to a thousand, so I'm gonna hold out a little bit longer. I, I won on it already, you know. So. All right, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to another Truth Tuesday show. Remember, we have the uh, Divine Connection show that's on Thursday, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, and we have the Raising Independent Thinking show on 7 p.m. Eastern Time on Sundays. And um, then we have uh, tomorrow, Solomon's Temple show. Um, And that's it. All right. All right. You guys have a good night. Peace.